Welcome into a Football Friday here on the PHNX Cardinals podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. This is a DraftKings sponsored podcast. Bo Brock, Frank Sanders in the house, in studio. Got the OG sign repping. Got the kilt lifter repping. I've got my four peaks on deck, on tap. And gentlemen, we're going to talk about it off the top, off the top row. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, addendum <laughs> talk one last time. But first of all, how are you fine gentlemen doing? We're good, man. We're ready to bury this damn addendum. I'm, I'm done talking about it. I mean, going back and taking it out, Frank Sanders. I mean, this, did we jump in the DeLorean, gun it to 88, and go back 20 years with this organization? Is Bill Bidwell still calling the shots? I mean, I just could not believe the news last night after Kyler Murray, the news of the day, impromptu press conference, gets out in front of this, defends his own honor, and then the, the you know we find out, Hey, yesterday they took the whole damn thing out of the contract. It's a, it's a moot point now. We can we can stop going crazy over it. Kyler no longer has any homework. Look, I, I like the fact that uh, he did address it. He addressed it himself. Took it upon himself to address the fact that look, I know exactly the type of person I am, the type of player I am. Um, I like that he also had a little fun with it, saying that it's kind of flattering that you guys think I can go out there and do it pretty easy. And as tough as it is, and um, I agree, it's time to move on. Um, it's pretty. It was pretty cool um, for them to, to remove that from the contract. And um, now what was a story and an eyesore, we can kind of find a way to patch this thing up and kind of get ready to play some reg- regular, regular season football. What's interesting to me is like they didn't just say, hey, what's that? And then just rip it out of the contract and then just <laughs> throw it through the shredder and just act hey, like, not, you know, we just move forward thinking like all is well and good anyway we didn't did you really need to take it out but i just have one question one last question and i know like cliff kingsbury kind of puts this to bed but johnny we said it during our emergency podcast last night several times that we know I blocked that, that out i'm sorry michael bidwell his intentions are for this team to win a super bowl like he's he's just dead set on that but at some point you know, does, does it help? Would it help if he took himself, removed himself from the football operations aspect? Is he too involved? How how involved is he? Because I think the public perception is Kime does everything. He does everything on his own. Everybody, nobody blames Michael Bidwell when Hassan Reddick doesn't work out. Nobody blames Michael Bidwell when they draft Robert Kimdichi or they trade up for Josh Rosen. Yeah, we see Michael Bidwell in those draft rooms and he's like, oh yeah, who's that player? I think most people outside of the public scope would assume that Michael Bidwell, yeah, he's hands-on with a lot of things with the Cardinals, but it's not necessarily with personnel and free agents in the draft. So if he is, and the the team, they do a hell of a good job kind of creating a barrier between the public to keep that private, then yes, I would agree with that. But I, I don't know. Everybody tells me on Twitter they need to fire Steve Kime, not let's sell the team <laughs> to somebody else. Because, you know, I maybe I jinx this. Because a couple of weeks ago, I put out that the Cardinals – you know, over 500 since Michael Bidwell took over with State Farm Stadium. They have more non-losing seasons than losing seasons. I I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I do think he wants to win. Frank, I think there were legitimate questions when you played about Bill Bidwell's commitment to winning. Michael is committed to winning. You can't look at State Farm Stadium, the infrastructure he's put together, the private jet, the free agents they brought in, the splash trades. I just think that he he messed up here. You, I think you can be a good owner still and screw up Frank Sanders. No, I agree with you on that. What the difference between him and dad, him and daddy Bidwell, is that dad didn't have a stadium. He didn't have that extra luxury of the income coming in from what stadium royalties bring to owners. And I think that was that was the biggest difference. Of course, Mike was there when he pushed for Prop Two Hundred Two. I believe it was that. 
And um, when he got on board, that gave him pretty much control of the team. Him and Rod Graves did an absolutely great job in what they did in regards to continually re-signing their players, mm-hmm. which unfortunately I didn't experience in, in my first couple of years with the Cardinals because we let so many of our players go, but because dad didn't have the money and the way he negotiated and saw players and their, their, their value at that time, he had to let some guys go. Mike doesn't have that problem. He has the money. He has the opportunity to be a very good owner um, in regards to putting giving the Valley um, continual celebrity, I mean, celebrity, celebrity superstar athletes that can actually play football um, such as a Larry Fitzgerald and other guys. And now Kyler Murray, one of a young up and coming star that can actually, you know, bring viable conversation continuous continuously about the Cardinals over the, uh, over national airways. And I was playing more of a devil's advocate here because I think obviously, you know, he wants to win. He's done a lot, lot more good than harm. I mean, this yeah. was the, the biggest misstep during his tenure. Uh, it, it's just, you know, at, at some point you say, Hey, you know, the guys you hired, you put them in place for a reason, including Kyler Murray. Let's just kind of get our hands out of, out of this, especially on the football operations side. Let's not try to reinvent the wheel. Let's give him the contract. Let's give him, you know, what, what he's due, his market value. And, and as, as far as Kyler Murray goes, why do we have to deal with, you know, try to put this addendum in there? Now, the Arizona Cardinals today, Johnny, they, it really was a sense that they wanted to move forward from this thing in day yep. three of training camp. You know, you had the company, Marcus Golden spoke. He said he doesn't mess around with all that. He That's somebody else's business. You, you had Rodney Hudson. He didn't really talk on that. Uh, but Cliff Kingsbury was asked twice about it, and this was him pretty much putting a bow on the entire, entire Kyler Murray addendum situation. I would say there is. When you become the face of the franchise and you know this is your home and there's um, a commitment like the commitment that's made, I, I, I know he um, – I mean, he wants to win. He wants to make the people in this state proud. He wants to make this organization proud. So I, I definitely see that he has taken on that type of ownership of what he means to this place now and the commitment they've made to him. I don't think anybody questions Kyler Murray's willingness to win. And it's it's funny. Cliff says that. And then Brett McMurphy on Twitter right before the show went live, you've got USC reporters and media gentlemen asking his former OU head coach, Lincoln Riley about Kyler Murray's work ethic. And this is from Lincoln Riley just moments ago. Yes, I was concerned. Quotations. I was concerned he would burn himself out. He pushes the limits. He loves football. (laughs) He loves to compete and win. I never worried about the amount of preparation he put in. That's the old stock answer when you're in a job interview and they say, you know, what are your weaknesses? It's like, well, I work too damn hard. I work. These are actually my strength, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> that was a little twist. It wasn't a long until the twist, but they People got in the chat. Were like, I was afraid where he was going the first, first <laughs> sentence he there. He had us pretty. He had us going, didn't he? Look, I think it's a great part that the actual coach of a guy knows the player, and I think that addendum man was was really something that probably shouldn't have got out got out into the media. In some kind of ways, you know, Steve had a he he barfed it out some kind of way. And guys took took note of it. And what what good reporters do is they, they read the fine print. Yeah. And they did a great job with it. And again, at the end of the day, Kyler came up and stood up and said it specifically. You guys know. But to have a college coach come back and again reiterate that at every level, this guy's been a winner. And to realize that I'm I was concerned that he would overwork himself. So that in itself kind of again ties to the idea that, you know what? This 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 didn't have to be a story, but it became a story. 
and it ran as long as it needed to. But the PHNX now we're getting ready to move on past that. It's been encouraging to see how many people are coming out of the woodworks to support Kyler Murray throughout this whole thing. I mean, I know he's eating a whole lot of shit. He, he got a whole lot of flack this entire week. Um, you know, I found it interesting today. Uh, my, my old colleague Jody Ayler has Ian Rappaport on every week, and Rap Sheet said that he actually initially looked at this contract. He wanted to read the the fine print on it initially just to see what it said about baseball. Mm. That's all he was looking for. That's all he was kind of flipping through this contract because it was accessible to him through the portal or through his sources. And um, he just found this addendum and didn't think it was going to blow up like it did. And, I, you know, I'll just go back to it just more having a conversation and debate. Like, uh, as far as did, did the organization, did all parties involved just miss uh, misfire as far as what how big a story this was going to be? Well, the Cardinals would like you to believe so because that statement they put out last yeah. night, and I think we still have it here, basically said as much. Uh, after seeing the distraction it created, we removed the addendum from the contract. It was clearly perceived perceived in other ways that were never intended. So the Cardinals want you to believe that, Bo Brock. Um, I think that's a little bit ignorant, especially when you're putting together a contract that's going to be meticulously looked over. The specialty clauses that are already in place, like you mentioned, that the rap sheets of the world are going to look at pertaining to baseball. Every one of these contracts now are going to be going, gone through with a fine-tooth cone, especially after Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed contract. People will be curious, how did the Cardinals get away with that? Um, not paying Kyler Murray the same amount of guarantees. I think that's ignorant. I would like to assume that this billion-dollar franchise doesn't operate that way. <laughs> Who knows? But I can tell you what, Kurt Warner had some thoughts today, gentlemen. He was on 98.7 earlier today here in the Valley. Here are his comments on Kyler Murray and what he needs to do. Uh, this is from Warner. I think it would just be playing in the pocket and challenging him uh, to, you know, learn to trust his eyes more with his legs. Warner said, you know, it's easy for me to say because I had no legs. When you have legs like Kyler, I understand how easy it is to just go for him to take the next step. He's got to be willing to trust his eyes and make decisions in the pocket and allow his arms and his mind to beat people, not his legs. I agree with part of that, bone. I know we were kind of debating yeah. this. Warner kind of says the same thing about Kyler every time. Does he really watch him? I don't think Kyler wants to run, but I do think sometimes, number one, he leaves a clean pocket. And number two, it's that second, third, fourth read, especially late in the season, where we want to see him progress. Uh, but I also believe there's been some lapses with the receivers. I think everybody's at fault here. But the ownership falls on your $230 million quarterback. Well, and also the game planning and the scheme yeah. and, and getting Kyler comfortable uh, making reads from the pocket, making him feel comfortable to be in the pocket. But, you know, like sometimes on Sunday you go up against number 99 for Los Angeles and he's a game wrecker. And, you know, staying in the pocket is just not a luxury that you have. Yeah. Um, I, I hear what I, I yeah, I, I joke about Kurt Warner because I see he always wants Kyler Murray to take the, the bunny throws, maybe check down a little bit more. But I mean, this is a guy that was leading the NFL in completion percentage. He was he was making some easy throws. I mean, that's part of his game. Um, it, improving from the pocket is good. But I think you you kind of uh, you, you, you you've got this weapon with this ability to get out and run. I just don't want to see them slow that down i think they really need to utilize his legs that's a, that's a big part of kyler murray's game and and just to do it to do it i don't necessarily agree with that from a from a game stand game plan standpoint kurt warner said the right thing which was i'm sorry everything i'm saying is absolutely asinine because i have no legs <laughs> that's exactly what he said 
no one had to do. Kurt Warner had a, a Kurt Warner. You know what his actual in twelve seasons? How many yards he actually rushed for? Is it under hundred? It's a little bit no. It's, it's above hundred. <laughs> okay. A little bit less than three hundred yards. Two hundred eighty-six okay. yards he rushed for. Shut up, Kurt. Please. <laughs> I love you. You got a great arm, but please stop talking about something you don't know. No defense goes. No no defense <clears throat> that he saw played him the same way. They, no defense line did the same thing to him. What they had to do to Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and that's the difference because you can't run. You are you're you're sitting in the pocket. So again, that's not it. We I I don't care if Kyler runs. I don't care if he sits in the pocket. I want to win. And whatever it takes to win, that's what that's what Kyler does. Whatever it takes to win, he's going to do that. Now, if you want him to sit in the pocket, then leave a, leave a, leave an extra tight end in, leave an extra receiver in to block for him. But that's not what happens. He faces an entirely totally defense than what Kurt Warner faced. They they were more focused on having five and six DBs, double team receivers, and and use the front three or four to pressure him. With Kyler, you got to have guys in wide nine and ten techniques sitting outside, which they learn how to do. They have guys trying to keep him in the pocket because once he gets outside the pocket, he's pretty amazing. And mm-hmm. I think that's the part where our quarterback is different than Kurt Warner. And I understand that he's he's a Hall of Famer and all those things. But when it comes to what you see and what I see, it's night and day different. So whatever Kyler has to do to win, JV, he needs to do that in order for us to win. And that's that's the only thing that matters. I can tell you what's going to help him win is the presence of big Rodney Hudson mm. at center, Mr. Volbrock. You had an opportunity to talk with Rodney for the first time this entire offseason. He's been MIA. He's been, he's been out of action, right, to the point where we got word he's probably going to retire. He talked about retirement today. Bo, what were some of his thoughts? It was He had kind of a Larry Fitzgerald mentality as far as addressing that. It was the, almost a four-letter word, retirement. He didn't, he didn't want to kind of – uh, entertain the thought that he legitimately wanted to retire. We talked to Cliff Kingsbury before that about Rodney Hudson, and and this was a team that was you know looking just praying that to the football gods that Rodney Hudson would make the decision to pivot and come back. But Rodney Hudson just say you know, it, well actually let's hear from Rodney Hudson. We have uh, the, the man himself talking about what he was contemplating this entire offseason. Uh, I think just like any other season, uh, you know, you play play the games. Unfortunately, our last game ended the way it did. Uh, take some time off, spend some time with my family. Uh, you know, I think in this sport, we all say, uh, you know, family comes before football, but that's somewhat untrue. I know in my world, you know, you go to work all day, 10 hours, you get home, your kids go to sleep in two hours. So I think, you know, starts off season, I just went home, spent some time with my family, uh, try to heal up, recover, and, and go from there. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a meter, or so to speak. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, just like any other player, any other job, your job, you know, as you get older in your in your uh, profession, uh, you know, it's, it's a thought, you know. Uh, like I said, you know, you spend a lot of time away from your family, your loved ones. Uh, so th- those things, I think, at my age, you at least start to think about them. So uh, went from now, but, you know, that's behind me now and move forward. And he also wouldn't commit to talking about, you know, is he coming back for just this year? Obviously, he signed that three-year extension. Mm. Just not, nothing that Rodney Hudson would, would entertain. He, but he's he's now here. He's focused on and playing winning football with this Arizona Cardinals team. And that was pretty much like he answered that, that answer we heard in different, you know, just a couple of different words and phrases and cliches in there three times. And, and it's not like a, a knock against Rodney Hudson, but he's, he's back. He's ready to go. 
his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, talked about the situation, kind of added more context to it more than, you know, and Rodney Hudson's not a guy that likes to get out there and answer questions from the media, but here's what his head coach had to say. So you need a guy who's locked in, who studies it. I mean, Rodney studies more film than anybody I've ever been around. So it, it's... Uh... It's got to be a very heads-up, cerebral, tough leader. I mean, all those things go into it. And when you have a good one, they're, they're hard to replace. I mean, he, he's a man of few words, but um, we knew he, he was going to take a long, hard look at what he wanted to do moving forward. And um, there had been communication there. And um, so we're just, like I said, we're just thrilled to have him back. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I think Rodney Hudson's under a lot of pressure this year. I think that... You, anytime you do will will he or won't he retire and then you come back and, you, and the expectation is this guy we have to count on him he's so integral in what we do I mean I don't think it's hyperbole to say Rodney Hudson needs to play better than he played last year up and down learning the scheme learning the system it's one of their highest paid players on their team um they they didn't have a contingency plan so it's it's also on them they're, that they're left at his mercy and he is one of his their best players but like Let's say like week three when you play the L.A. Rams and if he's getting bowled over, like that's not ideal, Frank Sanders. You need you need peak Rodney Hudson. That's why you signed him and you and you traded for him and, and you counted on him this offseason. What you will get is the guy that will come back and be committed. I think the part of him having once he finally got to that resolution and in his mind that he wanted to play football. We talked about that going back and forth, you know, and then for Cliff to actually say they had communications and then he showed to have an attitude and mandatory was kind of like, well, that's not kind of how you gave off. But in reality, you guys have been talking to the guy. And again, he said the right thing. When, when you get a good center or a good offensive lineman in any position, um, it's hard to replace a guy because you know what he means to the team. You understand the value, what he brings to the quarterback and the communication that takes place, how he's able to articulate the plays and what's going on on the defense side of the ball. I mean, that guy is a namaste when it comes mm. to the offensive line on keeping everybody calm when it comes to yep. when, when the shit hits the fan and you start seeing two and three guys start to blitz the defense is moving but what i do like about it is that what you will see is a guy that will be that will be that will be committed in regards to now he will get his body in shape yeah. his mentals will get ready and he will do what everyone else does and at this time how we know we're gearing up to get ready for the season just like the players are so there's a training camp and in this training camp we're also gearing up to get ready for season. Rodney will do the exact same thing and get ready for the Chiefs. I, I agree with Bees in the comments. Rodney is vital for Kyler's health, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, Rodney's health is one of the uh, the biggest things for this team. I mean, he took he he went through the gauntlet last year. He had a rib injury. He said they had to sleep in a chair uh, for the couple weeks that he was out. He was in a lounger. He couldn't sleep in his own bed. Um, he dealt with COVID, so he he dealt with a lot last year it's kind of understandable. He had a second child this off season that at his age, the amount of money he's made. I thought his rib would hurt though. What he was doing. His rib. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he was sleeping in his chair. But I, I, I don't know how that, that how a kid come about when he ribs hurt. I, I, you know what? That's I think that might have been before. Maybe that's there how was, he hurt. There, was, there was somebody carrying the load there for him in, in that situation. What the heck is going on here? Are you talking logistics as far as that? Yeah. yeah <laughs> this isn't one of those. What's that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he has a baby? That's not what's happening. You got the uh, the Karma Sutra out or whatever it is. Just look at the different positions. <laughs> to see what was most comfortable for uh, that lazy yeah. boy sitting technique. So we'll question him about that next time. Those are good questions from Frank Sanders. Okay, what, exa how, what exactly went down what? here? What Rodney? was her? Give us okay. a play-by-play. 
Oh, man. Regardless, Rodney Hudson's back. Uh, the spine of your offensive line, there's a lot of continuity there. You've got one person pretty much stepping in, Will Hernandez at the right guard spot. Rodney Hudson and, and Justin Pugh have a great relationship. You know, it, it's one of the best buddy duos, I think, on this team. Uh, a couple good guys that, that truly care about each other. I think as far as when you look at those groups, when you look at the position groups, Frank, on an NFL roster, it's important for that offensive line, those hog mullings, to really get along. It, it is, man. Like, honestly, the crazy thing about it is they're prima donnas. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really prima donnas. Like, they're literally the most prima donna people on the team. Our offensive line and our defensive line, the biggest guys are. The guys want to have a sweet rag. These guys need to have one guy, the offensive line is, one of the offensive linemen might be making $20 million, your tackles might be making 10 to $20 million, and your, yeah. your guard's not making it. He's making seven and five. And so the center, he's making in, he's in that in-between number. And so the guys, they have, to, they have to find some sense of balance in how to communicate and understand what it means to create the camaraderie. And uh, Rodney Hudson was definitely that piece. And when you have a, when you have a guy like that, look, it's, it's, it's vital to the entire team because these guys are the hogs and the guys that get the grunt work done. And those guys, once a, when you have a good O-line, everything in the offense moves in the right, in the right direction. For the Cardinals to be able to put up these robust numbers this year offensively, they, it's predicated on the offensive line. I do want to quickly ask you, gentlemen, about DJ Humphreys because I'm going to go conspiracy theory because initially I thought, okay, he's not feeling well. He is sick. Well, listen, he's at practice, so he can't have anything too contagious. Cliff Kingsbury mentioned maybe he's back late next week, so that wouldn't put him on track to really play in the red and white scrimmage. Do you think – I'm going to ask you guys this a final time here. Is this a DJ Humphreys holdout? or a hold in for a new contract. He's scheduled to make $20 million this year. I, I don't I don't understand. They're not making him available to the media. He's, he's incredibly quiet. He's there in you know a hooded sweatshirt, his jersey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like there could be some smoke to this thing that, that really this Kyler Murray addendum is overshadowed. I'm not buying it. You're I, not? I think, yeah, I think there's nothing to see here. We'll probably see him back at his usual left tackle position come next week, maybe even as early as tomorrow. When we're out there for for practice, I'm going to be out there. Johnny's going to be out there. Frank's going to be out there, but he's got some big events he's going to take part in. We'll he'll try be to in a tweet somewhere. We'll be, yeah. you know, he's going to be in a suite. Yep, he'll be looking down on us on the yeah. field as we're peons. <laughs> you know, is is DJ out there? You know, just trying to just no. Get the the, job the Cardinals are doing a great job. NFL across the across the across the across the landscape is doing a uh, we come together again. And it's basically the fans and, and the alumni from the past. Everyone's coming together. Uh, several of the Cardinal alumni will be back. And uh, we'll have a chance to come down on the field and kind of meet and greet and shake hands a little bit. And then we'll go back up to the suites. And, yeah, we'll slum it up there a little bit. A couple drinks, libations, some good food. I won't talk bad nice. about I won't talk bad about nice. you, Jamie. <laughs> it is nice. It is I appreciate nice. it. I appreciate that. I'm not going to talk bad about DraftKings right now because we got a steal of a deal going on, gentlemen. Right now, if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use that promo code PHNX. If you make your first deposit, you can get a risk-free bet up to 1000 bucks. That's right. Promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Gentlemen, my DraftKings pick of the week, it's, it's very poetic. It's very on-brand is Kyler Murray-esque for the 2022 regular season. I am hammering the over right now. 25 and a half passing touchdowns for K1 on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I believe that's minus 105. If you want to if you want to flip your funds right now on DraftKings, you want to use that risk-free bet up to $1,000. Go 
Go put some scratch on K1 because he's going to crush that. You can also bet on Kyler Murray's passing yard total, which is just under 4,000 yards. Bo and I speculated yesterday. We think he's going to have 4,500, 4,600. We just talked about Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer. They're up there in the high 4,000. So I think Kyler Murray gets there, which would mean you're getting there on DraftKings Sportsbook app. If he just stays healthy, he gets there. I mean, he averaged 270 passing yards per game. Extrapolate that out to 16, 17 games. It's you're easy. there. It's a big, big fat winner. Also, what's a big winner are these wow joy bus wheats that we're drinking in studio. Johnny's enjoying. Is that an IPA, a hop knot? It is a hop, hop, hop knot IPA. I almost said Hopkins <laughs> IPA for a yeah. DeAndre Hopkins IPA. Right. But nope, this is the West Coast style. I'm a West Coast elite. It's perfect. I love it. I love the idea of a D hop knot or a Marcus oh, golden yeah. golden nail. I think we've got the, the marketing ideas with four peaks, PH and X Cardinals and the actual Arizona Cardinals are endless. And uh, the good times, the vibes at four peaks are endless as well. You should get out there, eight street and Tempe, hang out, have uh, some great beer, have some great food, have just a great time. Frank, Johnny, myself, that was the last time we all hung out together just this past Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We also uh, we got to announce the first Toast of the Month winner of the sweepstakes. Uh, Gabriel, congratulations. Go to phx.com if you want to be the next Toast of the Month. It's a, it's a very fun, awesome prize where you've got some great swag from not only PHNX but also Four Peaks. Go phnx.com. And, uh, of course, if you're enjoying imbibing on a nice uh, adult beverage, it must be 21 years or older, and enjoy responsibly. So the Cardinals training camp day three continued today. We've talked a lot about this offense. We talked about Rodney Hudson's return, and we've talked ad nauseum about the quarterback, Kyler Murray. We've talked about these wide receivers. Marquise Hollywood-Brown, according to Cliff Kingsbury, they're hoping he's going to get back after tweaking his hamstring next week. But as far as this defense goes, uh, there's I think it's it's under the radar. I mean, we, we heard a couple comments today from the head coach, Johnny is he's trying to be well, optimistic. Who's, put, about who's it. putting it under the radar? I know we're gonna hear from some players and some coaches, but we had a pick under six the from Josh please. Jackson the other day. We had another pick today from from Isaiah Simmons. Everybody's raving about it from Isaiah uh, number nine picking off Kyler Murray today. His head coach Cliff Kingsbury was talking about it. Who's number nine? You're going to have to feed me this one. (laughs) I'm like, listen, I watch your show every day, but I'm not. Leah, get the roster. Get to know every player, every now and then. Okay, here's Cliff Kingsbury on Isaiah Simmons. There we go. It was good to see Isaiah Simmons make a big play on defense. I mean, he he has the ability to make those impact plays each and every week. And and so the more confidence he can build um, in that role he has, the, the better we'll be. Listen, I don't, uh, I'm not nine. dogging on the defense. I don't want to dog on the defense here. but And I, I think Isaiah Simmons is going to have a really nice season. I think he's going to have his best season in the NFL. I also know the Cardinals have three really good safeties and then a bunch of question marks, right, up and down. And Frank Sanders, you know this. At the end of the day, football is about pressure. It's about moving other men. It's a front seven league. The, the Cardinals just have way too many questions in their front seven for me to be, like, underrated. Here we go. They're going to be, you know, a top 15 unit. They're going to they're going to take Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City by storm week one. You know what? I look at their defense. You know what? I think finesse, not from the players per se, but Hmm. we talk about all the time. Vance Joseph's scheme is like we're blitzing on first and second down and then we're playing, you know, soft off man, whatever it is, cover two, cover three on third down, just so we don't give up the big play. I 
I think kind of soft sometimes, not the players, but the scheme itself. It is not, you know, I go back to Todd Bowles where this team would just get after people, embarrass people, right? Huge sack numbers, low point totals, right? Even when the Cardinals get takeaways and they get sacks, they still give up a good amount of points. So I, I want to be proven wrong, Frank Sanders, but I don't see enough elite front seven players to buy, to let me buy into this defense being under the radar. Uh, I, <laughs> Mr. Gold Pants on a Friday. What do you have to say about that? I was bold, but I had, I had, to, I had to pause for a second because I'm like you, man. I, this defense is it is let's what count, it is right let's now. Count all the elites. I don't. It's not we can't do it. We got to we got to start. We got with three or four elites um, on our defense. But in reality, I think that the idea is that what we have right now, we're hoping that it does it. It, it can get better. Hopefully, we can go out and sign a couple of guys and bring some guys in right before the season gets started. We'll see what guys get cut and what guys can kind of still make a roster in in, in the NFL in, in this next and up in the in the next four weeks. So we'll have a chance to kind of look at that, and then maybe the Cardinals can bring somebody in that they can get it for a low ball price, and that that would be exciting. However, I agree with you, Johnny. The defense is, it is exactly what it seems. It doesn't look robust. We don't have a whole bunch of names on the front seven. We got a bunch of young guys that we're trying to move around and, and try to put them in play. So we're going to ask a lot out of Vance Joseph if we don't if we don't add any more any veteran pieces to this defensive front seven or uh, just our front line. And right now, our, front, our, ba- our back end is our strong end, and that's not always a good thing because we saw last year there were teams that came into – and they just they just handed it to us. We had yeah. a bunch of hundred yard rushers last year that just dominated us, and that was not good. And so, if we don't fix that, that's going to be a punch in the face, and that's going to that's going to cause for a long season. Not only that, that will keep Kyler Murray off the field if someone can control the ball by just stuffing it down our stuffing it down our throat. And that's one of the worst feelings you can have as a fan and as a player. Yeah, I mean it's, it's discouraging. It's absolutely discouraging, and. You know, you have to have high expectations for for Zayvon Collins. And I I watched Zayvon Collins. I've been watching him all week. Uh, He looks more comfortable out there. Cliff said that he feels like the game's slowing down for him. Now, after a couple days, it's it's kind of marinated a little bit and sunk in that Jalen Thompson is going to be calling the defense Mm -hmm. uh, potentially for the rest of the season. Uh, That takes that that, uh, burden. I mean, from what I've heard other players talk about, like J.J. Watt said, he tried that in Houston. It was a complete, utter disaster. It's just hard because you're out there, you're you're going full speed, and then you're getting the call from, from some guy screaming in your ear, and then you're trying to relay it to ten other guys, and they're asking, "What the hell did you just say?" You know, over and over again, and it's a tough task. It's a it's a big big uh, on taking as far as these guys go. Jalen Thompson could add that to his his resume, and it can take it off the plate of Zayvon Collins. He can just go out there and react. I like that. I like Jalen Thompson. I like Buda Baker. Uh, the junkyard dog. I like that. Maybe these younger players, my Jay Sanders, Cameron Thomas could be kind of following in the footsteps of him. This guy with this nonstop stop motor. That's just me th- with glass half full observations of this defense. But yeah, reality is you, you know, are you, can you trust a couple third round picks and Dennis Gardeck and, and De- Devon Kennard as the pass rushers opposite the junkyard dog? I mean, probably not. You'd be naive in doing so. But uh, and the one thing I'll say about Isaiah Simmons is like every time I look over and I see Isaiah Simmons, he's with Buda Baker and he's with Jalen Thompson. They're the three best friends anyone can have. They're they're the hangover. That's that's who they are. He's not a linebacker anymore. It's like the three of us. 
It's like yeah, when it's we the, hang out, it's the three of us. <laughs> it's the three best friends anyone could have. Either, you got to take him out of the equation as far as being a linebacker. I mean, he might he might rush the passer. I think that's you know as close he'll get to the line of scrimmage. But yeah, I think we're looking at the the new Isaiah Simmons is is a is the coverage guy. He, he's not going to be playing sideline to sideline like your traditional yeah. ends. Well, and I I just dogged on the defense. Here's what I'll, I'll give everybody grace: if they play Zayvon Collins a ton, if they play Mozzie Sanders, if they came play Cameron Thomas, and they, those guys have to earn it, right? But I don't, and I agree with everybody else. I do not want to see this defense giving up big play after big play, keeping Kyler Murray on the sideline. And it's Nick Vigil and Dennis Gardeck and Devon Kennard being exposed. And it's rotational defensive line. That's why I like the 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 idea of Jalen Thompson picking up the defense. Because then you can get Zayvon Collins back out there. Yep. Yeah, Look. and you can and depending on where you have Buda Baker, he can play some nickel corner. Uh, and then that allows Isaiah Simmons to, to play some strong safety. I'm with you, Frank. Hey, everything you guys are saying right now makes sense while we're sitting here in a chair. But when they get on that football field and somebody's on the other side getting ready to kick their butt and they literally have the game plan that will do that, that's the part where this doesn't become funny anymore and it's not real. The reality is that we we really don't have what we need to have. We didn't get better uh, in our front seven this offseason. We really didn't. Um, that was sad to see. We argued this point consistently um, on the show. DA definitely made tremendous points about, hey, no matter what we're talking about, we still we either gonna get lucky with health and finding maybe one or two pieces to add to this defense. We didn't. And so right now, the guys that we're talking about, we know for sure they're dogs. We know they can play JT, Buddha B. We know these guys can go out and ball. We have no concerns about them. Isaiah Simmons, the Zaven Collins, the Allen, these guys right here, those are the guys that when you look at on Sunday and the other team that have Pro Bowl offensive linemen and a yep. Pro Bowl tight end, a goddamn Pro Bowl running back. That that's that's the that's the conversation that is scary, and I yeah. know for a fact everyone else, Van Joseph and Steve Kimes, got to be real realistic with themselves and say, "Shit, we we got to score damn near thirty nine points a game to make sure that we put ourselves in the best position with no D hops on the first, you know, without D hops in the first six games." So um, we got to make we got to make up a lot of grounds in the next couple of weeks here when it comes to training camp and trying to get guys in. Um, so we can have a realistic idea about what this team will look like when we got to face KC in the next couple and and the next three great teams um, out of the AFC North. Uh, that's 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 falling right behind those guys. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and Week Three uh, you Darren face Waller. Cooper Darren yeah. Waller, and then yeah. Week Three you face um, Cooper Cup, you face Allen Robinson, you face Matthew Stafford, the defending Super Bowl champs. I mean, I want to be optimistic. The schedule does not allow me to be optimistic, mm -hmm. but I will say this. I think the defense has a chance to start slow. I think everybody needs to prepare for that because we do have some changes. We No Chandler Jones, no stalwart for the outside linebacker for the first time in, what, five or six seasons. You've got a safety call in the defense for the first time. You've got Zayvon Collins, fingers crossed, played his most meaningful snaps of his young NFL career. You've got J.J. Watt, potentially in his last year of his contract. There are a lot of variables that need to go right for this defense, even to be above, above average. So I am, I'm in the, I'm almost in a, a healthy mindset of, I don't expect a lot. I expect a lot from the offense. So maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised, Bo. And I think Marcus Golden was trying to alleviate a lot of concern talking about Jalen Thompson today while you were at the presser. Oh man, he, JT, he's a beast, man. Uh, I think he can handle anything you put on him. He'll be able to handle the way he work every day. Uh, 
the way he come into meetings, man, he a different type of dude, man. He a different type of guy. He one of them dudes that you want to that you want to get on their field when you want to have him on your side. So I think he's going to do great. Whatever you put on him, he just like Buddha. He'll be ready to do it. I feel like they have those motor guys, though. They they have those guys that you want to go to battle with, and it's going to take them playing, you know, out of their minds for all the work. And yeah. look, with that being said, there's no margin for error there. But when you have the J.J. Watts, you have Marcus Golden, guys up front that you everybody's rooting for, and then the next level, it's going to be so important for Zayvon Collins. And then behind him, the three safeties, and then those two corners and Byron Murphy and, and Marco Wilson. It's it, I mean – they have guy. The potential is there to uh, kind of change the narrative, turn some heads. But yeah, I mean, if if you're saying, "Hey, I'm going to go pick up Arizona's defense in fantasy football," uh, well, let me ask you this: When they they have they they, they have the run team yet? When they run team, who is going to be the starting outside linebacker opposite Marcus Gold? Who's going to be that other edge flanker? Is it going to be Devon Kennard? Right now, I think it's going to be one of the young guys. I, I think one of the. You think they're going to start over Devon Kennard? I do. When was the last I mean, time Devon Kennard started a football game? Well, that who else? I don't trust Vance Joseph to start a rookie to save my life, but I mean, we'll, well see. He, here's or other, idea. right? Or you, other. You, you, you get, what, we'll, what we will what we will learn during camp is what guy has the motor to give us the down and distance that we need and the reps we need mm-hmm. compared to a DK being one of those guys that can only come in and give me one or two snaps. And that's only out of nickel and dime. And Marcus Golden can, can MG, you know, can, can, J, can a junkyard dog be the guy that we look at and says he can be opposite of JJ and then he can go out and give us some good reps and then come back the next series. If a team is on a 10 or 10 or 10 or 14 play drive series, and you got to be able to have that. And if we don't have the right rotation, then that becomes a concern. Can a young guy, can a young guy step up? Like, yeah. you know, we look at a Chase Young last year. He, he you know, he gave Wash, he gave the commanders, the, the commanders now, everything they asked for. And that mm-hmm. was first and second down, third down, you know, JV. So that's the, that's what we have to watch for now. And that will tell everything what guy can give uh, us the reps. I like both of the rookies. Do you know where they played football? One played at Cincinnati, playing Panera Bread University every Saturday afternoon. Well, and the other Notre played. Dame. He and played the other played uh, in what? The, what do you play? <laughs> San Diego State? Yeah. Right? And now we're going to ask him. Mount West. Hold on, sir. You're pumped about well, but let's be. You played the same damn conference. They didn't play for Georgia. (laughs) This isn't Walker, whatever his name is coming out of the draft. The the hub, and you're watching Trey McBride clips, and then and you're poo pooing the guy who played in the same conference on the other side of the football. He's got Kyler throwing. He just got to step and throw and get get Kyler the ball. (laughs) Kyler gets him the ball. Um, yeah, I, I, I want them to do well. I will give Vance Joseph all the credit. If, uh, if he plays the rookie, I'll give you a credit. If you go get a COVID-19 vaccine, because we're going to be hanging out as Bo mentioned tomorrow at state farm stadium for the first of many open practices, right? We're going to be hanging out, having a good time. You want to come up and, uh, party with us this off season into the regular season. Hell yes. Four peaks last Wednesday of every month, tailgates galore. Just please, please, please. Don't come and be sick and coughing in everybody's face. Nobody's into that, right? But we're into COVID-19 vaccines because they're free for everybody five and older. Those 12 and older are now now eligible for the booster. Lots of good news to keep you safe and healthy. All you got to do is visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you. 
Are, are we uh, seeing a budding friendship in the chat here with bees and, and Noomsy? Uh, I mean, we, on, thing, on, on three guys. Do their own thing. Tell us your favorite OG's gummy flavor. If it's the same, you guys are you just became best friends like stepbrothers. One, two, three. Let's see if they do it. If I'll, I'll give you a hint. How about pineapple? It's their limited edition flavor that they launched for the summer. It's an unbelievable combination of pineapple and coconut. It's unreal. Plus, you've got the uh, orange creamsicle, which, Frank, that's his favorite. I'm a fan. It's unreal. You've got the OGsBrands.com where you can check out all their tropical flavors and in all the other flavors out there. If tropical is not the way you want to go, they also have other uh, cannabis products. You can check them out. OGsBrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z Brands.com. And also they're on Instagram o- at OGs. And I think they're throwing another party this weekend over at Maya uh, Day Club out there in Scottsdale where Johnny was spotted a couple weeks ago. <laughs> he got the hall pass. And, I did. Uh, <laughs> Cashed in all the credits. I get to go uh, play reporter tomorrow with Bo Brock yeah. at State Farm Stadium. I do not get to, My Scottsdale privileges have been revoked temporarily, <laughs> but I made the most of it that day with my PHNX brethren, the BM Tall Bookman. We all had a good time that day. Uh, and I'm still paying for it. Uh, but uh, what, you know what you need to pay for, everybody? It's mm. hardly anything. 99 cents for the first month. Check out gophnx.com. You can read my man, Bo Brock's day two camp report, who's shining, why Josh Jackson looks like he may stick. Lots of good stuff at gophnx.com. Like I mentioned, 99 cents for the first month, $8.99 for the subsequent months, or just become a member right now, just under 60 bucks. That covers you for the whole year. You get all the content as we gear up for football season. Plus, you get a free T-shirt like this Bird Gang one. We've got a new one dropping in the coming weeks. Don't ask me what it is because I don't know what it is. <laughs> I want to know. They just won't tell us right before the season from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Check it out right now. GoPHNX.com. GoPHNX.com. It, it's where it's where we're living. It's where we're having fun. Um, speaking of, of uh, having fun, dogging on his old team, mm. Frank Sanders. This one, this one hits a little close to home. Larry Center's was on a podcast we've credited in the video the name escapes me um because everybody's coming out of the woodwork right now to throw shots at the beloved birds the arizona cardinals given what's happened with kyler murray here's former arizona cardinal larry centers on the franchise that he played for i want to know how you feel about it now do you have any resentment towards the bidwells and the organization no i don't you know um i i understood i think for a long time that it's a business um you know, and uh, one player doesn't necessarily stop the show. But uh, I like to think that I, I I put in some really good work out there. I I like to think that I kept my nose to the grindstone and I played professional football, even when the things around me didn't look very professional. Um, so just staying the course, I'm super proud of that, looking back at it. Um, you know, I, at the time, I felt a little, I felt a little resentment about how how it happened. You know, they didn't call me in and and sit me down and tell me about it it just uh they just pulled the plug on it so at the time you know i was a little salty but the best way to to um, to get revenge is to go out go back out uh, have some success and i'd like to think i did that moving forward the king of the wheel route right larry centers the king of any route larry larry was a larry before there was a larry chant at all larry was the larry chant in sun devil stadium at all, Larry was the best pro I ever seen in practice. He was the best pro off the field in the nightlife as well, too. But <laughs> on the field, he was the best. But he never missed a practice. 
The guy practiced hard 100%. And, and what he was saying in that clip, y'all, in 1998, you know, we went to the playoffs, and Larry had already given the Cardinals a solid four years coming as – in 1997, I think he led the league in receptions from, from a running back position, over 100 catches. The guy just was absolutely amazing. His engine never stopped. Along at that time, um, Larry got cut along with Jameer Miller and, um, and Lomas Brown, <clears throat> three of our starters that got us to the playoffs in 1998, uh, 1999 season. But then we signed Jake, and they gave Jake got to a new contract. And not everybody at the time thought it was deserving because we could have used the money to give him give those guys and pay those yeah. guys. And then it turned out to be where, you know, we had, we let those guys go in following the 98 season. It just, it went downhill until Mike took over and they start re-signing yeah. those guys. And so Larry was right. He had a gripe. Um, it didn't, and they didn't negotiate always well when they got to the table. And so mm -hmm. they let him go and they let Jameer Miller, Jameer Miller can get on a, a podcast and say the same thing. Um, but those guys, when they left, they wouldn't have success. Larry went uh, to the New England Patriots and actually won a super, a super bowl. Um, and Jer Lomas Brown went to the Giants to win a Super Bowl as well. Uh, and so those are the things that when you say it wasn't a good negotiating moment um, and the timeline was totally different, um, I would say that Kyler kind of feels a little bit of a similar mm -hmm. because we thought that the deal should have been done a lot faster. <clears throat> it should have been – it should have been – it shouldn't have had all this stuff around it. It should have been totally different. And um, But Larry actually – JV, look, he's one of the best Cardinals ever put on a uniform, without a doubt. That's right. That's um, right. For the time that for the time that we did have him, we did uh, the greatest to ever wear it at PHNX. As far as one through ninety nine, the jerseys out there, number thirty seven is Larry Centers. I mean, yeah. his his tenure uh, was spectacular, and even beyond yeah. that, like you said, you know, he was just a consummate professional, yeah. and, and went and just showed up every day in practice, and and then especially each and every week produced for Washington and New England, and it paid off and got himself a ring. I mean, if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan today, what they're talking about in that video with Larry Sanders and what Frank is talking about is a completely different era. Absolutely. I mean, as big of a misstep as Michael Bidwell took, it wasn't that same time where you saw three of your key players mm -hmm. exit the roster because they wanted to give one player, you know, who – the team had some success with him at quarterback, but he wasn't the main reason for success. Um, and, and for, for that three guys to leave the next off season is, is crazy. And it's gotta be deflating as a fan base. Cause you're like, damn it. Yeah. We saw Jameer. Jameer got here with buddy Ryan in 95, 90, yeah. 93, 94. He was the youngest linebacker in the NFL in NFL history. And, you know, he had been here for five or six years and five years at the time. And then his contract was up and, he was gone. And at the time, the locker room, again, you're right. That era was totally different. Yeah. And Larry Gripe was, you know, was right, righteous old because he, he's a guy that come from a small school, uh, I think Stephen F. Austin, and became a pro. Buddy Ryan took a, took a chance on him as a free agent. He got in here and did nothing but work his butt off and become a starter and a, <clears throat> then a star in the NFL. And then basically, you know, you let him go at the time when he could be, you know, really where it, not just him, but the organization and the players in the locker room we felt like we had a team and a nucleus at that time. You got to imagine 93, 94, 95. They, these guys, we just, we were not that team. And then we finally got to put together something and get, went to the playoffs. And we thought, shit, we, now we got, now we got, we got what we need now. And then it all, you know, we all flipped it up, flipped the script. So JV, you know, that was a, a real tough time, you know, and that, um, so, um, but I, I can hear his energy. I, I mean, you asked me last week, I was like, yeah, everybody was pissed mm -hmm. in the locker room. And that's the same way it was. Uh, but I, I did get some like CeeLo Green vibes from Larry Centers. <laughs> With those shades, yeah. yeah. 
I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not a good look. I, I, thought, I, I thought he was. Larry can do his oh, thing. I, I didn't think. I was taken back by the glasses. I didn't love him. Yeah, he's just gonna go into some Narles Barkley. <laughs> here, there's a big difference. I don't love good him. news. Cardinal fans can take solace of this. Is I, you and I, and Frank, we live, eat, breathe, die this this sport, this game. Everybody in the chat as well on social media. I would say the common average fan probably isn't as locked in on social media. Uh, and the good litmus test is go go ask your parents, go go ask you know older folks if they're tapped into this Kyler Murray thing. I, I think most of them will just say, is he going to be there on Sundays in the fall? The answer is yes. He's locked into a contract for the next six years. Hopefully he sees all of it more and they extend him again. But unlike Larry Centers, he, he's going to be back. And uh, hopefully the Cardinals are able to put this thing to bed once and for all emphatically. Uh, I'll tell you what. We're going to bed later tonight so we can get up and go cover training camp tomorrow. Myself, Bob Brock State Farm Stadium. Before we do that, I want everybody to mention also Frank Sanders, but he's going to mm-hmm. be up in the he's going to be up in the specialty box. I don't. I'll know come down if you tell me, JV. I'll come down. I will. You. Yes, I, of course, I want you to come down. Give me some credibility there, so players know. Like I'm, I'm friends with Frank Sanders, even though he's double my size. I think that would be a good look. For <laughs> be a good look for for your boy here. What else is a good look is when our show does well. So be sure to smash. That like button, leave us a five-star review. Give us a thumbs up in this YouTube video. It'd be very much appreciated. Again, we are back on Monday. Content all weekend on PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter. We're Bo Brock at Bo Brock, Frank Sanders, 81. I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you guys at practice. Take care, everybody.